When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. Very pleased to be joined, as I am each and every week, by my dear friend, Matt Holatic from thespun.com, the editor and publisher. I really encourage you to make sure that it goes in your favorites. I read The Spun every single day. Every day. It's part of my normal routine. When I get up, there are certain things I inspect in certain order, and I look at it every day. Put it in your favorites. You're going to hear a couple of reasons today why I think it's so fascinating. It's just, it is a microcosm of sports. I cover it microly, meaning very close. I'm I'm Raider-centric. He's a macro cover of the league. So you're going to get all kinds of stuff from a broad perspective. It's why we like to have him on the show each week. It's why you enjoy him. So let's bring him in. Hi, Matt. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. A happy belated, uh, well, merry belated Christmas to everybody out there. A happy early New Year as well. So uh, obviously the Raiders got a nice Christmas present, uh, gave a nice Christmas present to their fans on Monday. Absolutely. Nothing better than being in the Big Apple at Christmas time. I'm jealous of you, brother. So let's get right into the Raider game. We got a lot to talk about today. It's game. I mean, it's hard to believe it's game day again. Here we are. It's a Saturday. Obviously, Raiders play tomorrow, but still a lot of good stuff going on. Let's dig in on what happened last week. Then I want to get and look ahead to this week. The Raiders go in there. <clears throat> I predicted the win, and it was 95% of the reasons I predicted. I didn't see them holding Aiden O'Connell touchdownless, but I did see everything else. But the Raiders go in. And in front of, I think it was 29 million people watched the game, something like that. Um, Huge numbers. I saw Arrowhead, which I have never seen before, with thousands of empty seats, booing the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. That stunned me. Somebody will say, well, then you don't know much about football. No, you've never been to Arrowhead. It's a different animal at Arrowhead. Um, I remember I was talking to security guards. I was talking to longtime people who are there with the Chiefs that said they'd never seen that. Um, give me your thoughts on the totality of that and then break it down into the Raider centric part. 
Well, I think when you look at the overriding storyline of the game, it's going to is going to be more Chiefs focused. What's wrong with the Chiefs? Why have they been slumping? Can their offense be fixed? And to tell you the truth, I I don't think so. Uh, it, it, this year, I think it can be fixed, obviously, in the offseason. But I think this is kind of who they are this year. I'm not saying they can't win a playoff game or two or, or you know, you know, you don't have to worry about them. But I don't think this is – and this is a team that I predicted to be back in the Super Bowl this year before the season. I don't think this is a Super Bowl team the way that they've been playing. And I think it's been long enough of an example size – uh, to say that there are some real issues here. Uh, I obviously it's been talked about ad nauseum about the issues with the wide receivers, but um, Travis Kelsey isn't his, I mean, he's the focal point of every defense. So teams are really t- trying to take him away, but he hasn't been having the huge impact that he's had in past seasons. Um, the offensive line has put Patrick Mahomes under duress a lot. Uh, it just isn't, what you're expecting to see the Chiefs. That's really the the main plot line. But I think now switching over to um, a focus on the Raiders, I think you can't say enough about how good that defense was. We've talked about Patrick Graham a lot on here this season, but he had those guys ready to play. And listen, when the Raiders, the early second quarter, the Chiefs had driven down and scored a touchdown. They were winning 7-3. So you think, oh, maybe they're going to get control of the game now. They take advantage of a miscue there, Bilal Nichols with the fumble return. And then Jack Jones for the second week in a row makes a great play, jumping around, taking it in for a touchdown. And that kind of really put the game in control of the Raiders. And I think when you look at what the Raiders were able to do, they won an NFL game and against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, which makes it even more impressive. But any NFL game, they didn't complete a pass for three quarters. And I know you and I have watched a lot of Big Ten football with a lot of offensive struggles, particularly throwing the ball. But usually you don't win a game when you can't complete a pass for the last three quarters. But the Raiders were able to do it because their defense was outstanding. And I think the running game, the offensive line, and Samir White went a little bit under the radar. But they were able to close that game out. And he really looked good running the ball. All right. I'm going to ask you, because I think this is a fair question, and it irritates me. As you know, I'm, I root for good people. I've got friends in every organization in the National Football League. So I don't, you know, but I also, you know, the respect I have for the Raiders. The organization is phenomenal. The people are phenomenal. Mark Davis is a great guy. There's nobody in that organization that I don't like. But everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes is struggling. Aiden O'Connell sucks. Not everybody, a lot of people. Here's my question. Why don't the Raiders get enough respect for their defense that maybe they really impacted Patrick, which I was there, they did, and maybe people not step back and say, okay, the the Chiefs' defense is very good. They impacted Aiden, as well as after the game, AP said, we didn't want to get into a point-scoring match with them. The play-calling changed. Let's eat the clock. I'm not saying Aiden was great. I'm not saying that Aiden is QB1 forever and he's Kenny Stabler, but I'm just saying it amazes me how the narrative switches. When it's the Raiders, they suck. When it's the Chiefs, oh, it's they're they're struggling. Get down for me, would you? 
I mean, Aiden O'Connell is still a rookie, still, you know, early in his NFL career. So you're going to expect some ups and downs. And we talked about he's faced a lot of good defensive coordinators and good defensive units. Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs, that certainly fits that bill. Um, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy for for him to, to put up big numbers. And I think when you look at the fact that they were winning the game, they were in control, their defense was holding the Chiefs down, the weather, all, all those things. It was a more conservative game plan for the last two, two and a half quarters by the, the Raiders, and understandably so, and it worked. Um, listen, it, I think that the most important thing for Aiden O'Connell was to get more data, more evaluation points for him the last couple of weeks of the season. They have two more games to do that. Yes, they're still alive in the playoff race, still alive in the division race, but you're going to get a chance to see him play against another, you know, well, the Colts are still competing for a playoff spot. I don't think the Broncos will be by week 18. I think they're going to be kind of probably done by this weekend. But anyway, um, he's going to be playing against, you know, a team with something to play for this week. So I just think it's a young player with growing pains. And again, I'm not saying if I'm the, that I, if you're the Raiders, he's your definite starter next season. Uh, if you feel like you can get a, a quarterback in the offseason, whether it's draft or trade, free agency, whatever. And it makes sense. By all means, go do it. Um, but I think that it's it's not. This isn't really the time to to jump on the kid um, when he was kind of just playing the hand he was dealt with for that game. And I was at the game, and it was windy and rainy and sleety. And man, I'm not making any excuses, but don't ask Aiden O'Connell to do what what Pedro Mahomes couldn't and expect that it's equal footing. All right. I want to turn to Taylor Swift because you guys had a thing at the um, spun that I thought was hilarious. And I, I want to talk to you about it. Um, I had people literally, when the Chiefs came to Las Vegas and when the Ra Raiders went to the Chiefs, hey, I had one guy who's a very large ticket marketing company. Do you have any information on will Taylor Swift be there? I'm like, no, I don't care. Why? Then the person offered to give me some money if I found anything out because it would affect how we price tickets saying, hey, Taylor's going to be there. You guys did a survey. 70% of fans say that they think Taylor's been good for the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and agree with them. It's annoying. I get it. I understand it. I understand it. But it's brought new eyeballs to the league your thoughts on you guys' story. And this isn't the Tommy DeVito thing. This is money. This is the it's also brought big uh big money. And that's always it's also Johnny Manziel. Oh yeah, going back about it's about a decade now, which is crazy how time flies. Um it, it's uh, you know, the bottom line, the NFL is the bottom line. And she's brought in good business, she's brought in more eyeballs, like you said, she's brought in different clientele. Does it get Perhaps a bit exhausting watching the cameras and all the talk during games. Sure, I understand that. Uh, or all the articles. I'm sure there are people that read our website that are annoyed at all the times we write about Taylor Swift. I can understand it. Um, but I think overall it's been a, a, you know, a boon for the league. And I think that the NFL is kind of happy with the way it's unfolded. Um, and I think you're going to continue to see her for the last two weeks of the regular season. Um, I do anticipate, even with their struggles, the Chiefs winning the AFC West, 
they're going to host at least one playoff game by doing that. So you're going to see her at Arrowhead for, you know, at least one playoff game and the camera will be on. So it's going to continue to be a big storyline. Um, and I think overall it's been a not a typical partnership or, the you know, what you would expect to see. But it's worked out well, I think, for both parties. And I think it's kind of been been kind of fun. And I also we wrote about. I think it's a lazy storyline to kind of say, well, it's a distraction for the Chiefs. I don't think so. I think they're just not that good this year. I think there's a lot of issues with that team personnel-wise. And um, and I think I don't think Travis Kelsey, if his performance is down, I don't think it's because he's distracted by Taylor Swift. I think it's because perhaps he's the focal point of defenses and they don't have anyone else to really kind of take the pressure off. And he might be slowing down physically because he's – 34 years old and has been in the league for 12, 13 years. And, you know, that's what happens. So uh, I think overall it's been, it's been good for, for all parties. All right. Let's go back to the Raiders again, Patrick Graham. Uh, you may remember last year, I took a ton of criticism by telling people to get off his back. He was good. Um, we now see change in regime regimes, what AP lets them do. If this guy does not get head coaching interviews, then the whole thing is a sham. This guy has, I mean, he's smart. Guy's one of the smartest people I've ever been around. Tremendous coach. I hope the Raiders step up and pay him a ton of money and keep him. But this guy is the real deal. Your thoughts on Patrick Graham and his future prospects? I would expect him to get head coaching interviews at least. Um, and if he doesn't, I, I think it would be a, a major shame and, and a, you know, a knock on the other franchises to at least not get this guy in the building and talk to him. Um, if Antonio Pierce becomes the permanent head coach of the Raiders, which he's really making a heck of a case for himself at this point, uh, I think retaining Patrick Graham would be one of my first priorities if, for Antonio Pierce, unless he has an opportunity elsewhere or, or gets a head coaching offer of his own. Um, listen, this is a guy who has, for the last four seasons at two different stops, his defenses are always competitive. His defenses are always keeping the team in the game when the offense is the weaker unit. He did it for two years with the Giants. He's done it now for two years with the Raiders. Um, his game plans are always sound. He always finds a good way to deploy as many guys as possible and get contributions from different guys. I think that he has proven his worth in the league as a defensive coordinator by far by now. And I, I'm really excited to see if he does draw uh, deserved head coaching interest this, this offseason, because like we said, he certainly should. So I'm the Chargers. <clears throat> I back up a Brinks truck and bring him to L.A. and say, now go hire the best offensive coordinator you can because we haven't had that. And, man, I all of a sudden I think the Chargers become instantaneous competitors. I just – I mean, their only weakness to me has been coaching. All right, I want to switch to a different subject. I want to talk about Russell Wilson. Um, I think that Sean Payton, in my opinion, I agree with Robert Griffin III, has been disrespectful of him the entire time he's been there, telling him quit being a politician and kissing babies and leaks coming out about things that he said. Um, 
there was a struggle at first, but he's been playing really well. They decide we're moving on from him. We're benching him, which is fine. That's their prerogative. I have no issue with that, just like I had no issue with the Raiders and Derek Carr. Where I had an issue was whether you like Josh McDaniels or not, they never came out and trashed Derek. You know, they always would say the team has to perform better or whatever. They gave him the opportunity until they were out of the playoffs with that loss at Pittsburgh. Then they made the decision, okay, we're going to move in a different direction. I just did not like the disrespect for Russell. And let me say this. I like Russell. I know him. I covered him in the Big Ten. Um, Good guy. I have no issue when any team wants to move on from any player. I just have an issue with Peyton and how he did it. And it just seemed a little sanctimonious to me. Your thoughts? Am I wrong? I think the issue, one of the things where it stems from is the Broncos obviously made a massive commitment to Russell Wilson with the trade and his contract and everything. Um, but Sean Payton wasn't the head coach at the time. And now Russell Wilson played better in 2023 than in 2022. You know, it's not like there's not a place for him in the NFL anymore. But he's not the quarterback that he was because he's not the athlete that he was where he's able to extend plays and, and, and make these otherworldly throws that he used to on the same regular basis. Because of that, his contract is not – he's not living up to that contract. So that's why they made the decision to move on from him. Fine, I get it. Like you said, listen, is it a cold world where you see guys getting benched with a couple – you know, simply for financial reasons so that – they, they can't get hurt. The injury thing doesn't kick in. It is, but that's the reality of the NFL. It happened to Matt Ryan. It happened to And let me interrupt Carr. you for one second. Yeah. I don't think it's a cold world. The guy's getting $40 million to walk away. No, he's still getting, so he's I still don't, getting paid. I don't think he's a victim. My problem was with the sanctimoni- sanctimonious attitude of Peyton because I would have preferred him to just say, you know what? I didn't sign Russell. He's not really the guy that I want to run my mm-hmm. offense. I respect him. But it's not worth risking another $49 million. We're going to be benching them, moving on. I mean, you could have handled it respectfully. The whole time he's been there, it's been shots and leaks about him. Like he's trying to bemoan the guy, make him look like a bad guy. Right. I can tell you numerous times where the Raiders' previous regime talked Derek up. Hey, he's a good guy. You know what? This or that. It wasn't with him. It was, okay, Russell's going to fail, and I'm going to make sure every one of you know about every zit, wart, and and pot mark. Well, I think it was also another interesting report that came out um, during the week after the decision was made uh, from my my good friend Diana Rossini at The Athletic saying that Russell Wilson has known for months now that he's done. And he, they've continued to start him. He's continued to start, and he's pretty much seen the writing on the wall or been told of the writing on the wall that he's done in Denver. So I think this decision, like you said, was made a while ago. I think that – I don't know if it was made from the second Sean Payton got hired, um, but I think it was probably made or trending that way early on in his tenure in, in Denver. He figured Russ isn't going to be my guy long term. Um, and I think that – listen – the Broncos made another significant investment in Sean Payton. The fact that he's making this decision tells me that they are committed to Sean Payton. They want to see him through and think that he can be the guy to resurrect 
the franchise. We'll see. I mean, it, it's a it, it's a definite bit of a gamble because Sean Payton, who I think is a really good play caller, really good head coach, he doesn't have Drew Brees now. Can he go get that quarterback in the offseason? We'll see. But uh, it's definite risk for the Broncos. And I, to me, I think the Broncos situation recently has been really fascinating because you look around the NFL and teams that are been bad for a while, been down for a while, get a lot of heat, and justifiably so. I feel like the Broncos, I don't know if people really realize this franchise hasn't made the playoffs since it won Super Bowl 50. Now, that's eight years ago. It's not like they're in a drought like the Jets or, or the Lions or somebody like that. But they haven't made the playoffs since then. And they've had a losing season. The let, now, it'll be if they lose one more game this year, it'll be seven years in a row, I believe, they've had a losing season. So this is a, a significant drought for a franchise that's known – a lot of success from the late 70s through 2015. Um, so it, it's really fascinating to see, I think, because I don't know if it's gotten necessarily the attention nationally um, that it would that it deserves or, or that it would happen if it was other franchises, you know, when the Browns were struggling or the, the New York teams now or things like that. Uh, so I think that's, re that's really interesting. All right, let's talk Raiders this tomorrow. What's your prediction? <laughs> well, I thought the Raiders, you know, you know, going into the year, you said nine wins. I said seven. They've already matched seven. Um, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat the Colts. I think they're going to win their last two weeks. Well, I mean, I'll give my more my more detailed prediction for the Bronco game when, when we talk about it. But I think they're going to win the last two weeks. I think they're going to finish nine and eight. So they're going to finish with that record that you predicted. Now, I do think the Chiefs win one of their last two games, at least. Um I, there's a good chance they lose to the, to the Bengals, but even if they do, I think they beat the Chargers. I think the Chargers just – I know they played the Bills tough, but they're kind of mailing it in at this point. Uh, they don't have Justin Herbert. So I think the Chiefs win the AFC West still. Uh, I think the Raiders missed the playoffs barely. But I think they finished with a winning record. I think that that is – I think it should be enough for Antonio Pierce to get the head – permanent job. And I know I'm not out there every day. I'm just looking at it from afar and looking at it from what I observe and from what people around the league, like you and other people write or say, or, uh, but I, I think that he's, I think they win against the Indianapolis that they beat Denver in the finale. And I think that he should be named the head permanent head coach as soon as possible in January. Yeah, he should be it. No doubt. All right. So what's the score? I have, I think it's going to be another, you know, kind of a defensive battle. I think the defense will carry the way for the Raiders, and I have a 20-17 to 17 victory. I'm going 27-13 Raiders. Because the Indianapolis defense isn't – It's not it's great. Not and if bad, the Raiders keeps – I mean, the Raiders keep scoring multiple defensive touchdowns every week. I don't think that is sustainable, but – my point is Indianapolis's defense is not as good as uh, Minnesota. It's not yeah, as good as Kansas City. Right. So, this might actually right, be Matt. one of the the weaker defenses they faced in a little while because you look at they played the Chiefs twice. They played Minnesota. Um, Chargers. Chargers. Well, the Chargers, the Chargers are bad. So throw the Chargers game out because that was just – it wasn't NFL football. 
Um, but the Jets' defense was good. So this will be, I think, a test where I think you hopefully see the offense make some strides, and I do think the Raiders win the game. I got to ask you real quick because I know you're in Gotham and you are a Giants guy. Are you riding Tommy DeVito's train? No, I think, you know, obviously he's – Tyrod Taylor has been announced as the starter for this week, and I think that's the right decision. Uh, um, I think the Tommy DeVito storyline was a lot of fun in a lost season. Um, it gave, you know, the Giants and Giants fans about a month, four weeks or so of, you know, good times and a lot of laughs, and they did win three games in a row. But he's not – I never thought he was the future of the franchise as a quarterback. I think he's made himself some money because he'll be a bouncer on the NFL at least as a backup or a third string guy for a while. Um, but it was fun while it lasted, but I think that uh, I think that the cutlets have been, have been totally fried at this point. I agree. He is the great Matt Holetic from the spun.com. Remember you're listening to uh, sports illustrated's fan nation, Las Vegas Raiders insider podcast, part of the fans first sports network. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter or on Instagram at Hondo SR. Also remember, if you don't want to watch our videos, you can listen to them on Spotify or Apple, as well as I do a second podcast every day. It's just five or ten minutes. Riding with Hondo and Dexter, usually sit it and do it in the car or do it in my office, and it's just something that stuck out to me, maybe from practice or somebody talking to a source, something that I got uh, just I want to pass on to you and disseminate. Check that out as well. So from all of us here, thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. And uh, tomorrow's game day. We'll see you tomorrow morning before the game. We'll have a podcast before the game. And then, of course, we'll have our podcast after the game. We'll see you then. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.